Luke chapter 8 tonight. Let's begin reading in verse number 40. In, or verse 41. Let me get my glasses on. And we'll, we'll move on to the end of the chapter. And behold, there came a man named Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman, having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all of her living upon physicians, neither could, he, could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood was stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? And when all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody had touched me, for I perceived that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling. Falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. And while he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. When Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not. She's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Father, bless the reading of your word tonight. Use it to bless our hearts, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I, I have to admit to you that uh, I'm, I'm going to this text tonight due to a conversation that I had with Pastor Brandon. Pastor Brandon was in this in his devotions this week, and we were discussing it. And uh, really between a conversation I had with someone last week and that conversation this week, the Lord, the Lord directed me to this morning as well as this text tonight, and the importance of being a testimony, the importance of sharing your testimony, and the impact that it can have. Aren't you glad that God loves you? Yeah, so am I. I'm thankful that Jesus saves, and thankful that the relationship that he desires to have in, in each of us Listen, and I, I appreciate, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to zoom through this tonight, actually, because there's something I want to do at the end here. But I, I appreciate, I appreciate our church. And you encouraged me this afternoon because my phone blew up after church today because of how that message today helped different people. And I appreciate that. Um... Because one thing you learn when you're pastoring is lots of people are going through things. It's not just you, it's not just a few, it's a lot of people that deal with a lot of stuff. They're always going through something. 
Sometimes it just takes a word of you just being real with people and being transparent with people, and it, makes, it has a great impact upon them. And that's really how God directed my heart. I was very vulnerable today and shared some things with you that I really did not want to share. I just felt like I needed to today. And I appreciate that. And I know it went long, but I didn't hear one complaint about it. Those people probably won't be back. I, I probably won't hear that complaint. They just won't come back. But you realize I was trying to share with you in 30, 30 years, and really in that part of the message in about 30 minutes. You just can't do it. And I, I want to say this before I, before I really get too far here. Do you realize, do you realize this? This is just a cool thing. I had mentioned to you that we were going to buy those 10 acres, right? And the guy suddenly decided he's not going to sell. And then we end up saying, yes, we'll come to Somerville. Do you realize tonight that we would not have come to Somerville if we'd have bought those 10 acres? That door would have shut. We would not have come. After we said yes to come into Somerville, my brother-in-law and his wife were looking to build a house. Christy said, why don't you call that guy about those 10 acres? And he, our brother, my, my brother-in-law said, he's already told y'all no. She says, I guarantee if you'll ask him, he'll say yes. He said yes. <laughs> this ain't too long after, I'm telling you. It was just a window of time. He, he, did, he wanted to sell it. We asked, he says no. Right after that, he says yes. And they built a house on that property. When we, went to, when we went to Georgia, we tried to buy three different houses. None of them were for financial reasons. All of them were for stupid reasons. But every one of them fell through. We could not buy that house. We finally bought a, a, a lot, and we were going to build a house. We got it cleared off, and then COVID hit. And I told Christy, we can't build a house in the midst of COVID. We don't know where things are going to go. So we did not. Do you realize if we'd have built a house, we would not be at Somerville? Do you realize if, if any of those three houses had gone through, we would, I, we would not be at Somerville? I'd be locked into that, and I would, not have, I would not have left. Do you realize that? Sometimes, sometimes God says no because he's got something else in mind. And if he allowed it, if, 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 I mentioned to you this morning, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directs his steps. My heart can lead me in a direction. This is what I want to do. This is what's on my heart. This is the direction I want to go, and that's okay. But I got to let the Lord be the lead in that. And if the Lord says, he stops and says, no, go this way, then you've got to be willing to go this way. And sometimes, sometimes those things happen and we get frustrated and upset and we just think, why? why? Why is this? And that happens to everybody. Everybody. And you get frustrated to the point that sometimes you get mad at God. God knows exactly what he's doing. And God sees tomorrow. And I've also learned this over the years. It's not just you that's in the picture. Sometimes, there's a whole lot of parts 
And all of those parts have to be, God, God, loves, God loves every person just as much as he loves Becky. And God's going to take care of all of this. And so all of these parts, and God has everything in his own time. And why, how does that all happen? It's because he's God and we're not. Amen? God can do that. And I wanted to, I felt led to share some of those things with you and to put myself in a vulnerable position because it helps people to see if God is doing that, then I can recognize maybe God's, maybe God's got a greater plan for me. And it encourages us. Luke chapter 8, we see two people who are eternally intertwined together. One is Jairus. I say two people, it's more than that, but when I say two people, I mean Jairus' daughter and this woman who is sick. They're intertwined for eternity because you don't hear about one without hearing about the other. Their, their testimony is also mentioned in Matthew and Mark, and it's always connected together. And they have some things in common. One, the little girl has been alive for 12 years, and now she's at the point of death, and her dad comes to Jesus interceding for her. She can't help herself. There's nothing that she can do. So a father comes running to Jesus and begs Jesus for her life. And then, then you have this woman who for the last 12 years, the entire lifespan of this little girl, she has been sick and has spent all of her living, all of her savings, all of her money trying to get well and no doctor's been able to help her. And here, she doesn't have anybody interceding for her. She's going to Jesus herself. And she comes running to Jesus and she, she just thinks that if I could just touch the border of his garment, the hem of his garment, then everything would be just fine. So they're touched together. And very quickly tonight, I want us to see a few things here about a testimony. One, you see the invitation to testify. And I want you to look here in verse number 45. So Jairus comes to Jesus. He tells Jesus about his one and only daughter, 12-year-old little girl. She lays a dime. He's wanting Jesus to come to her. And Jesus gets up and they get on their way as well as the disciples with him. And then this woman comes and she touches the, the, the border of, of his garment in verse 44. Immediately there was a change in her physically. And you get to verse 45 and Jesus said what? What did he say? Who touched me? Now we know the song, he touched me, right? But Jesus is asking a question, who touched me? Now let's be real honest here. Do you think Jesus didn't know who touched him? Jesus knew who touched him. Can I get amen? All right, are we agreed on that? Jesus knew. He's surrounded by people. And Jesus just stops and he says, who touched me? Well, Jesus is offering up an invitation here. He says, who touched me? And when all denied, everyone around him, Peter spoke up and he said, he said, Master, the multitude throngly impressed thee, and thou sayest, and, and sayest thou who touched me? 
What he's saying there is that you're surrounded by people. Lots of people have touched you. You're in a crowd of people that are thronging around you. You're saying who touched you? Lots of people have touched you. Jesus said, somebody had touched me. For I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. I know somebody touched me. Now Jesus knows. But he's offering an invitation here. Because he wants to hear from the mouth of the woman publicly what just happened. So Jesus is offering an invitation to testify. Now he already knows. He already knows what happened. He's God manifest in the flesh. We know that. He's he's already there. But there's something that needs to take place. And so he invites whoever touched him to speak up. And we see in verse 47 that she had a reason to testify. Well, let's read it. And the woman saw that she was not hid. If I could just quietly do this, you know, slide in there and slide out. But she couldn't do that. When she realized she was not hid, that Jesus knew something, the Bible says that she came trembling. Now, why did she come trembling? I I don't know why she was trembling. I, I wrote down these words. Was she nervous? Maybe she was nervous. Jesus is saying, who touched me? And Maybe she, maybe she was an introvert. <gasps> Jesus, all of these people, you want me to stand in front of all these people? I just, I just wanted to slide in and get a blessing and slide right on out. Jesus says, no. I want to know who touched me. And she comes to him and she realizes she's not hidden, so she's trembling. Nervous, afraid, whatever happened to her has obviously affected her. I don't know exactly why, but there are a lot of reasons for us to tremble when we get called out. When that Holy Spirit, amen, Carrie, when that Holy Spirit moves and we got to speak up, got a reason to swallow a little bit harder. She's trembling, and then she comes and she falls down before him says there that she fell down before him. And then she declared unto him. She publicly declared why she touched him. She declared unto, unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him. This is why. This is why I touched him. She came to him and she, she testified. She had this issue of blood. This is what happened. This is what the doctor said. I was without hope. I didn't know what to do. I had heard of Jesus, and I thought I would slide in and get a little bit of Jesus and believe that he could change my life, and I could slide back out, and nobody would know it. I'm just there, but evidently it's, it's bigger than that. And I, I, I've got to stand up, and I've got to testify. When Jesus said, who touched me, she didn't remain quiet any longer. She stood up. She declared unto all the people what cause she had to touch him. And many of us have a reason, one, to get saved. But two, we have a reason uh, to stand up and testify because of what Jesus or what God has done in our personal life. And then she publicly declared what happened When she touched him. It says, and now she was healed 
immediately. Well, I touched him, and I got more than I bargained for. I got healed immediately. God changed me immediately. She had a reason to testify. And then lastly, we see what happens when she testifies. In verse 48, Jesus responds to her. He says, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Well, she was changed. We see here that we see her faith in Christ healed her. And she testifies of that. There's a, it drew attention to the change when she testified. Now everybody is looking directly at her. They're hearing what she has to say and what just happened to her because otherwise the mob would have just kept right on going and nothing would have been different. But there was a reason she needed to speak up. And for her personally, she needed to hear the words from Jesus, daughter, isn't that a great word? Be of good comfort, that's a great word. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Man, that's wonderful, isn't it? It's not a temporary thing, is my point. It's not temporary, this is a permanent thing. Your faith hath made thee whole. And then he says, go in peace. Those are four things that she needed to hear from the Lord that she only heard when she publicly made that profession and she testified. This was my need. This is what happened to me. And Jesus turns around and calls her daughter. It's good to be a child of God. It's good to have comfort. It's good to know that your life has changed not just for a little while but forever. And it's good to have the peace of God. But it's more than that. That, that would be good enough. But her faith in Christ also helped Jairus. Because while this is going on with the woman, Jairus doesn't know it, but his little, his little girl has already took her last breath. She's already died. And about that time, here comes one of the messengers out of his house. And it says, while he yet spake, in verse 39, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. The worst words any parent could hear. Terrible. The whole reason Jairus was there was so that Jesus could come back and help his little girl. And along the way, it looks like Jesus decided to take some time to help this woman rather than get quickly to his little girl. That's how we would look at it. Well, it's good that God's blessing you and helping you, but I'm, my little girl just died. And that affects us. And it would hurt us. And it would trouble us. And, and I'm telling you, it has such a negative impact on us spiritually. But he just, he just witnessed a testimony. And he just saw, he just heard from the, from the lips of a woman of how just touching the hem of Jesus' garment made her whole. And he just heard the testimony of a woman receive the good news that she can have comfort and that she could have peace. He needed to hear that. He needed to hear it because there was a storm coming. 
And just as they get done, he gets the news, your daughter's dead, trouble not the master. But Jesus speaks up in verse 50. When Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Lord, help my unbelief. Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. That's a tough one. But it's easier when I just heard what God did for that lady. If Now, wait a minute. Before I walk out of here on unbelief, and before I give up on God... I just heard what happened to this woman and what the Lord just did for her. And now the same Lord is telling me, just believe, don't be afraid, just believe. She's going to be okay. Only because I saw that testimony and heard that testimony am I able to face what I'm about to face. Because otherwise I'd face it with unbelief. Watch. When he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, the father and the mother, and the mother of the maiden. And there were many people there. They all wept. They bewailed her. And, but, but Jesus said, don't cry. Weep not. She's not dead. Sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. Why did they laugh him to scorn? Because they weren't there. They didn't see what happened to the woman. They didn't hear a testimony. They didn't witness a completely changed lady. They didn't hear the words of Jesus, how we can have great comfort in the midst of our trials. They didn't hear the words of Jesus that if I just believe only, she's going to be made whole. They didn't hear that. They weren't present. They missed that testimony. And as a result, they just laugh at the Lord. They know she's dead. Don't tell us that she's just sleeping. We know she's taking her last breath. We're weeping and crying and we're broken and we're hurt because we know where she is. So Jesus just put them all out. He took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. Only Jesus can do that. And what's verse 55 say? Her spirit came again. And she arose straightway and commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. They were amazed. This is what Jesus did for my little girl. What happens when we testify is it draws attention to the change that Jesus has made in her life. It could be a salvation testimony. It could be something that you're going through in your personal life. It could be a dark period that you had to go through and you went to Jesus and Jesus was the only one that could help you and if he helps you then, then you can testify of that. Don't keep it to yourself because somebody needs the encouragement. Somebody else is going through a storm. Somebody else needs to hear that testimony. Don't keep it quiet. Jesus is saying, I know you touched me. Justin, I know what you did. I just need all of these people to hear what I just did for you. 
They need to hear it. And you need to tell it. And she could have been quiet, and she's trembling, and she's nervous, she's worried, all of this stuff. And everybody's now looking at her, and she says, well, this is why. This is why I came to Jesus. This is what I asked him for. And this is what happened. And somebody over here is going through something that you don't know. And they needed to hear that because maybe they don't even know it. But before they go home this afternoon or this evening, they're about to walk into a storm. And their faith right now is not that strong. But if the Lord did it for Justin, and he worked such a powerful way, why can't the Lord do that for me? And everybody else is laughing and mocking. Everybody else says, oh... Stop your praying, stop your believing. You got a reason to trust Jesus. Amen? And you go in that house and just see what God only, only God can do. So I want to encourage you. Don't keep what God does to you quiet. It's okay to be transparent. It's okay to share some things because you don't know what somebody else is going through. He's inviting us to testify. Listen, I, I want to constantly brag on the Lord for what he does because I don't want to get to a place where he's no longer doing it because I refuse to brag on him. I want to get an amen there. There have been times where I've bragged on the Lord and bragged on the Lord and bragged on the Lord and I've had preachers tell me one after the other, well, you better enjoy it because the devil's coming. And I just tell them, who says I'm not fighting the devil now? I just ain't giving him the floor. We're going to brag on the Lord. Just keep praising the Lord. Keep telling people what Jesus is doing. People don't, what we like to do is we like to mumble and grumble, and that's the stories we like to share. How you doing, preacher? Ugh. That's what we like to tell. Awful. It's an awful day. Oh, my back hurts. All of these things. That's, that's the stories we like to share. What people need is some good news. What some people need is a reason to believe. For people to be in a situation and they say, Lord, I believe, I know that you can, but right now I need some help with my unbelief. And it might just be your neighbor, it might just be a co-worker, it might be a church friend, a member, uh, whatever, and they just show up and said, man, let me tell you what the Lord did. This is, this is why I'm testifying, and this is, this is what he did for me. And I got comfort and peace through it all. Don't ever, ever shy away from bragging on what the Lord's doing in your life. All right, we're going to close with this. Don't ever, ever shy away from bragging on what the Lord's doing in your life. Okay, I'm going to say it again. The words amen is, I agree. 
Okay? Amen means I agree with you, preacher. It does not matter if you're introverted or extroverted. It does not matter if you are shy, if it scares you to death to have attention on you, or you're somebody who doesn't mind the attention. You walk into the room and you want the attention. It does not matter. If the Lord does something in your life, you don't shy away from sharing it with somebody else and brag on the Lord. The world needs to hear that. They don't need to hear about our complaints about everything. The world does that. They need a reason to believe in your Jesus. Give them a reason. Don't shy away from it. Find something to thank God for. Find a reason to put a smile on your face. Find something that you have a need in your life. And there are times where maybe you wanted to slide in and slide out and the Lord puts you on the spot and he wants you to testify. Then testify. Tell somebody, whether it's publicly in a church service or just personally in a text message. Just brag on the Lord. And I promise you this, he's not going to mind. We're close. Let's have a pianist. Father, I thank you for this time tonight. And I thank you, Lord.